Hello, hello, and welcome one and all to the slightly late this month Green Sheet podcast being broadcast to you from Lim in the county of Kent. It is March 2022, just to put the timestamp on this recording, just in case you happen to be listening to this in some future century, using whatever technology there will be around in those days. I don't know about you, but don't you think it's been colder this year? I have been absolutely freezing. Anyway, I have seen a little bit more sun poking through the clouds, so hopefully we are heading for some warmer weather soon. In the meantime, to keep you cosy and to update you on the happenings in the village of Ling, I am your host, Jeff Lawrence, and this is the Green Sheet Podcast. So, what have we got for you this month? Well, we have some information regarding the introduction of parking charges at the West Hive car park. A very exciting article on the core strategy review. Please don't fall asleep. A report on the youth club returning and Jubilee plans and lots more. So sit back and listen to the Green Sheet podcast. Before we get started this month, I'd like to tell you how you can contact us. It's really important to hear your views, not just about the podcast, but on any subject affecting the village or the surrounding areas. So please do use the exclusive email address, which is linked to this podcast, which is greensheetpodcast at gmail.com. That's greensheetpodcast at gmail.com. That's all in lowercase letters, no dots, no dashes. Or if you are very brave, you can send us a voice message, which you can access using the link in the podcast description. Or if you happen to be listening on the Anchor FM podcast platform, which is what we use to produce this podcast, there is a button you can press to send a message. And who knows, you could be heard loud and proud on a future podcast. As always, I must add that although this podcast is for Lim Village, Any comments I make are not necessarily the views of the Parish Council and are my own. Any decisions made by the Parish Council are contained in their minutes, which can be viewed at www.lim.net. That is www.lim.net. Right, without further ado, let's get on with this month's podcast. I'm going to start this month uh, with a report on the Folkestone and Hyde core strategy review. Uh, This is from the Folkestone and Hyde District Council. The District Council received the planning inspector's report on the examination of the core strategy review, which is CSR for short, on the 23rd of February 2022. This is of particular interest to our village as it includes comments about the new garden town settlement and the arrangements for the Kent Downs area of outstanding natural beauty. Lynn Parish Council have always identified the need for the correct infrastructure in relation to the proposed garden town and have never really had a clear answer as to how this will be achieved and it appears that the inspectors were not satisfied that this provided a clear response to this issue. In fact, the conclusion made by the inspectors taken from the report states that they recommend that the strategy is not adopted in its current format and that various modifications should be made. There are several, but the main one for us is that providing clarity around transport and other infrastructure resulting from the new garden settlement is required and to introduce a phased approach to annual housing requirements to reflect the likely timescales for the new garden settlement. So is the garden town going away? Probably not. But it does appear that concerns raised by residents and the parish council about getting the right infrastructure in place has been recognised by the independent inspectors. 
Now, if you want to read the full report, it's not actually too long. I did have a look at it myself. I think it's about 36, 37 pages long. And it is quite clear as to uh, what the recommendations for the uh, strategy are for the uh, for the district council. But like I say, it does have specific references to the Garden Town and our area. So worth a little look. Now, you can have a look at that report. It's on the district council website, uh, which is www.folkestone-hythe.com gov.uk and if you search for core strategy review the uh, details will be there for you the next article is likely to cause a bit of controversy uh, especially with the people that live in west hythe road uh, and the problems they have there with parking at the moment now the district council are looking to introduce um proposals to uh, put parking charges in the car park at the canal at the bottom of Lim Hill it is proposed that linear per minute charging will be enforced with a minimum charge of one hour for £1.40 and a charge of £8.40 if staying for more than six hours. Now, it's important that if you wish to make an objection or comment about the proposed order, you must write to Folkestone and Hyde District Council traffic orders at the Civic Centre, which is in Castle Hill Avenue in Folkestone. Or you can email traffic.orders at folkestone-hythe.gov.uk. Your objection must specify the grounds on which it is being made. For your objection or comments to be considered, they must reach the District Council by 5pm on Friday the 25th of March 2022. Now, for legal reasons, the District Council cannot accept any objections or comments over the phone. And they have to receive it from uh, they have to receive it directly from the person who is complaining. So there is no point in, for example, sending your objection to the parish council for them to send it to the district council. So you need to write in person or email in person to the district council. Plans are taking shape for the uh, celebrations for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, uh, which is due to take place in June. Next month, we will give you a lot more information on this podcast and also in the newsletter uh, regarding what we are proposing. One of those is a suggestion that we uh, audition for a village crier. Uh, somebody to shout, oh, yay, oh, yay, which uh, it sounds like quite a good idea. Now, first meeting has been held to discuss how the village will celebrate Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, a beacon has been ordered by the parish council and that's going to be lit on the evening of the 2nd of June. Discussions around a village picnic and entertainment at the playing fields have been suggested and final plans will be made over the next few weeks. So if you have any ideas or you wish to help, please contact the Village Hall Committee. Uh, you can also contact the Parish Council if you wish to help or have any ideas. And you can do that on the uh, Parish Council email address, which is, um, let me find it. Yes, here we are. Limpc at Outlook.com. That's Limpc at Outlook.com. Excellent news uh, from the Lim Youth Club. Now, the Lim Youth Club is run by the uh, Lim Parish Council. Uh, two of our councillors are in charge and run it uh, very well from what I have seen. In fact, I saw photographs this week uh, where they were making cakes with the uh, young people that were attending. Now, Lim Youth Club opened its doors once more in the last week of February with 18 young people attending to enjoy the activities on offer. The club, it will be open uh, during term times every Tuesday evening in the main village hall from 6.30pm to 7.45pm. If you want any details about the Youth Club, you can contact the Parish Council, again, using the same email address, which is limpc at outlook.com. 
We now have a message for those of you who may be struggling financially. One thing we in this country are very good at is not talking about money. Last month, we spoke about looking after your mental health. This is one thing, but when you link this to having problems with your finances, this is a marriage made in hell, as reported by the Money and Mental Health website. They report that one in 20 people without a mental health problem are in debt, and this rises to one in five people with a mental health problem. We're all facing steep increases in the cost of living, with energy prices rising from April, tax increases along with the extra national insurance we are to pay will only add to many people's concerns. This is not a time to think it will sort itself out, and although it may be hard to admit you have an issue, speaking with someone about your debt will go a long way to helping you deal with the situation you find yourself in. A good first step is to contact the Citizens Advice Bureau. The nearest branch to Lim is at 4-6 Prince's Gate, George Lane, Folkestone. Or you can visit their website at www.citizensadvice.org.uk Or you can visit www.stepchange.org who are a debt charity. Both can give you practical advice on what to do. As the Step Change site says, debt, a simple word, but it can become a big problem. Right, we're going to now move on to the uh, notices from the various clubs and organisations in the uh, village. Uh, we'll start off with the Lim Village Hall Film Club. Now, as always, just to let you know that films are shown on every fourth Tuesday of the month, not December. Always make a point, not December. Now, this month, uh, the film is going to be shown on the 22nd of March. It starts at 715 uh, or doors open at 7.15 for a 7.30 start. It's free membership. Entrance fee of £5 includes refreshments and a lucky draw ticket. Uh, this month, they are showing a film called The Railway Man, and that's a poignant drama with Colin Firth and Nicole Kidman. It's based on a true story in which a prisoner of war at a Japanese labour camp goes back years later to make peace with the past. Now, as always, they do reserve the right to show a substitute film should the need arise or refuse admission. Children under 16 must be accompanied by an adult and ID will be requested. Now, a message from the Lim Village Hall Committee. And they say, with restrictions being eased again, many of our regular groups have returned. If you would like to know what is going on, you can check out the Lim Village Hall website, which is www limvillagehall.co.uk now Lim Village Hall is all one word so www.limvillagehall.co.uk or check out their Facebook page uh, Lim Village Hall news and events plans are afoot for a family event for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee on the 2nd of June which we've already mentioned and for the return of the popular dog show and summer fair which is going to be in the uh, month of July date to be arranged our events are always fun, but a lot of work for our small volunteer committee. Now, if you would like to be involved organising or helping run our events a few times a year, but do not feel you have time to commit to being on the committee, we would love to have you on board. Just contact chair at limvillagehall.co.uk. That's chair at limvillagehall.co.uk. And they will keep you in the loop and keep you up to date with the news as to what's going on at the Village Hall with all the events. And they look forward to hearing from you. 
St Stephen's Church Coffee Morning are advertising their monthly meeting uh, and that is going to be held on Saturday the 19th of March 2022 between 10.30 and 12.30. This month's nominated charity is the Alzheimer's Society so go along and join them for a cup of coffee and it looks like a lovely piece of cake. We are really pleased to hear that the first limb guide and rangers are back up and running and they have sent in the following message. After all the interruptions of the last two years, online, offline, outside, inside, they are now back to regular Friday evening meetings between 6.30 and 8.30pm at the Village Hall. They say that uh, we now have a number of older young ladies over 14 years who qualify as rangers and will plan some different activities as well as join in with the guide meetings. One of the volunteers has volunteered for the IST volunteers for the South Korea Scout Jamboree in 2023 and we are happy to help her fundraise for this amazing experience. That is absolutely brilliant. Our first event will be April Fool's evening and that is going to be held on, believe it or not, April the 1st at 6.30pm in the Lim Village Hall. Come and join us for silly games with silly prizes and surprises, cakes and refreshments, a nearly new stall and a raffle. Donations are requested for the Jamboree Fund and also the Lim Playing Field. Lim Fellowship had a highly interesting talk about the charity Porchlight and increased their awareness of the plight of the homeless and the support this charity gives in helping those living on the streets, in their supported housing and in local communities. They work with over 9,000 individuals' families every year, helping people to work towards reaching their full potential by breaking down the barriers to housing, mental and physical health, work, education, financial independence or daily living skills. Now, the Lim Fellowship's next meeting will be a talk about Norway, followed by refreshments and time to socialise and catch up with old friends and new. Lim Fellowship normally meets afternoons in the Harry Marjorie Hall on the second Thursday of the month with a programme of interesting and informative talks and activities. If you want any further information about the Lim Fellowship, which is held in Lim, you can contact Jill Page on 01303 263 756 that's 01303 263 756 and she will give you all the information that you need now we hear from our local contributors to the newsletter that's going to be the kent gardener the uh lim airfield history society and the study in archaeology and history in Lim, and also from the uh, vicar uh, Barry Knott. So we're going to start this month with the Kent Gardener entry, which goes as follows. March can be a changeable month, fine and mild one day, and wet, windy and frosty the next. So be prepared with fleece to hand as you give the borders a great start. Hold off planting out seedlings and tender specimens until the risk of frost has passed, but perennials, roses and shrubs will thank you for some TLC. Lift and divide congested clumps if the ground is not frozen or waterlogged. Replant species with good roots and one or two vigorous shoots in the same place or a better position. Finish pruning any roses, but not ramblers, which flower on the previous year's wood. Hoe the border and feed with a little fertiliser and mulch. If black spot or rust was a problem last summer, spray with fungus fighter or seaweed preparation as the leaves emerge. Make sure to spray the stems and the ground around the plants as spores can be splashed up by the rain. Support tall plants as they come through. 
The foliage will soon hide the canes and make for a more natural display later. Hardy annuals can be sown where they are to flower as they do not like being moved. Cut off the old leaves from hellebores and epimediums to show off the spring flowers. When seedlings have developed two true leaves, they need moving into individual modules or pots. Loosen the roots carefully with a dibber and place in their new compost, holding a leaf not to the stem or root and firm in. Grow on and harden off before planting out. Happy gardening. Well, there's two things from that article. One, don't you just love the word dibber? I've, I've always liked that word. I don't know why. But I must go and look up what epimediums is because... Uh, Apart from it being a good word, I have no idea what that is. Perhaps you could uh, send me a message and let me know. The Lim Airfield History Society organiser John Simpson offers us this uh, entry for the newsletter this month. And he says, as you may already know, we have resumed our regular presentations at Lim Castle. At the time of writing, David Goldsmith is about to make his delayed presentation on WC Hugh Kennard on the 1st of March. Reaction to my monthly feature articles have been very encouraging. This will result in a new book, Tales of Lim Airfield, later this summer as I expand the articles and add new ones. My feature last September on Bill Davis has brought forth an investigative journalist who is related to two of the fatalities who perished that day in March 1938. Piers Hernu is to make a TV documentary on the events of the crash and I have been working with him researching the tragedy in more detail. If you know anything about the crash, please get in touch. One of the victims was Gertrude Moore, also known as Mrs Cross. She may have been living locally. We need to know more about her. Consequently, my presentation on the 3rd of May will cover the whole story. Now, if you can help John at all uh, in finding information about Gertrude Moore, or locally known as Mrs Cross, you can contact John on 01303 265078. That's 01303 265078 or you can email john simpson at john simpson 43 at btinternet.com let's hope that he gets all the information he needs and we'll be interested to see this tv documentary especially if it includes information about lim uh, which will be absolutely wonderful now as people may know uh, or they may not know so i'm going to tell you now john is um, a published author uh, and uh, he always sends us some interesting articles and also uh, some excellent historical facts about the uh, workings of the Lim Airfield and he doesn't let us down this month and this month he looks at the Admiralty days of their tenure of Lim Airfield in 1939 and he writes as follows HMS Buzzard by John Simpson in 1939 prior to war being declared Lim Airfield was expected to become part of RAF Fighter Command as RAF Lim it was a surprise when the RAF did arrive at Lim, as it was number 24, Group Training Command, becoming the school for accounting clerks. This changed seven months later as Lim was transferred to Fighter Command within 22 Group. Within this arrangement, there was an option to transfer Lim to the Admiralty. Two months later, on July the 1st, it was commissioned as HMS Buzzard. Also on this day, six Blackburn skewers and three Blackburn rocks took off from HMS Art Royal to take residence, followed by the Naval Air Mechanics School in September. A Hawker Nimrod biplane and a Supermarine Walrus flying boat biplane were two such aircraft the air mechanics were provided for hands-on instruction. It was not the first time fleet air, um, aircraft had been seen at Lim. 
Blackburn Shark 111 naval biplanes also became resident for a time. Fleet fighter squadrons 800 and 803 were those known to be resident, mainly for training purposes. For a while, the people of Lynn became familiar with the sight of sailors in the locality and the white ensign flying from the station flagpole. At the outbreak of war, the name changed again as Lim now became HMS Daedalus II. By spring 1940, the air mechanics school had left Lim, and with the Blackburn skewers, rocks and sharks long departed too, the airfield was now absorbed into RAF-11 Group Fighter Command as a satellite airfield for Biggin Hill. Things were moving fast as the Dunkirk evacuation and the Battle of Britain were fast approaching. It had been a relatively short life that Lim had been in the Admiralty hands, but it had come to the attention of the enemy, as at the start of the war, Lord Hawhaw, William Joyce, claimed HMS Buzzard had been sunk by the Germans in one of his radio propaganda broadcasts, his intelligence providers mistaking the naval shore establishment for a Royal Navy ship. And now we have the study in history and archaeology in Lim article. Lim's long history is revealing many archaeological finds dating from the medieval period back to the Bronze Age 4,000 years ago, but particularly from the Roman period when there was a port and then Saxon shore fort. Shaw has two highly respected metal detectors, Simon Reed and Andy Fifield, who use their detecting equipment to locate new finds in Lim. Their presentation to Shaw's February meeting described in detail the detecting process from how to detect targets pinpointing the exact location, gently exposing the find and retrieving it from the ground, then recording it in a find's location record, followed by careful cleaning and preserving. Wax polished is used on coins to allow identification of which Roman emperor's period it belonged to, so as to date it. The final stage is to register the find in the Portable Antiquities Scheme, PAS. For objects over 300 years old, notified to the Kent officer for the PAS scheme, and all finds recorded by the Shell team. Apart from coins of different periods, finds included iron weights for trading, and a brooch, buckle and keys from the Roman period. The overall aim is to catalogue the finds to display. For the 15th of March meeting, the speaker will be Cheriton historian Vince Williams, who will talk on fictional writers in Folkestone. And there is a further plea just from the uh, Shao uh, group. They are still seeking a treasurer to succeed, uh, to succeed Guy Topham, um, who has now left the village. Apart from keeping the books, the role involves handling gift aid donations and in presenting income and expenditure figures. Those interested should contact Shao Chair Rosemary Strutchbury on 01303 266 966 or at rosemary at stutchbury.myzen.com .co.uk that's rosemary at stutchbury.myzen.co.uk now shall always welcome new members to join uh, they're a thriving and friendly group which attracts knowledgeable speakers in history and archaeology and we come on to our final offering for this month's uh, green sheet podcast and it comes from the reverend barry knopf from st stephen's church we are in lent the countdown to easter for me, and for many Christians, it is the most important celebration of the most significant event in human history. There are other celebrations in the year, such as Christmas. Major events were and still are celebrated with great feasts. Prior to major feasts, people would fast, go without food and pleasures to demonstrate their dedication to God. This time of sacrifice ended with celebrations that included feasting. 
Today we feast, but do not tend to fast first. We have lost sight and overindulged, taking God for granted. Before Jesus lived, his people appeased God with animal sacrifices. Jesus said that he was the Lamb of God, the final sacrifice. From that time on, the relationship with God has been open to anyone who chooses. Easter marks the death of Jesus in the most gruelling way imaginable. This event is clearly evidenced by the history books of time. Jesus lived and he was crucified. What many people find difficult is to accept that Jesus was the Son of God. I place my belief on personal experience, the experience of others that I trust, and the fact that no right-minded person can challenge what Jesus taught. Peace, love, forgiveness, putting others first, etc., all beyond human ability. This teaching is the very foundation of our society and the societies around the world where we have had influence. Christians began schooling, hospitals, social reform, even our free health service and our police service, responses to a need of people by people who deeply cared for others. Many who do not go to church or even consider themselves Christians live by these principles. They bring their children to be baptised to show they want them to be raised and to live by these Christian principles. Then comes the hardest fact to grasp that Jesus overcame death so that we can live in heaven after his life. Witnesses to this run into many hundreds, not just a few of Jesus's followers. We can only make up our minds on this based on our understanding and experience. It is the most important decision of our lives. Can we afford to get it wrong? I know it is hard because not all Christians believe the same things. I am often horrified at what some Christians believe. I recommend, remembering a time I didn't understand it all, that we make informed decisions based on research and careful thought. Please have a joyful time this Easter. And that's from the Reverend Barry Knott. And we come on to our final offering for this month's uh, Green Sheet podcast. And it comes from the Reverend Barry Knott from St Stephen's Church. We are in Lent, the countdown to Easter. For me, and for many Christians, it is the most important celebration of the most significant event in human history. There are other celebrations in the year, such as Christmas. Major events were and still are celebrated with great feasts. Prior to major feasts, people would fast, go without food and pleasures to demonstrate their dedication to God. This time of sacrifice ended with celebrations that included feasting. Today we feast, but do not tend to fast first. We have lost sight and overindulged, taking God for granted. Before Jesus lived, his people appeased God with animal sacrifices. Jesus said that he was the Lamb of God, the final sacrifice. From that time on, the relationship with God has been open to anyone who chooses. Easter marks the death of Jesus in the most gruelling way imaginable. This event is clearly evidenced by the history books of time. Jesus lived and he was crucified. What many people find difficult is to accept that Jesus was the Son of God. I place my belief on personal experience, the experience of others that I trust, and the fact that no right-minded person can challenge what Jesus taught. Peace, love, forgiveness, putting others first, etc., all beyond human ability. This teaching is the very foundation of our society and the societies around the world where we have had influence. Christians began schooling, hospitals, social reform, even our free health service and our police service, responses to a need of people by people who deeply cared for others. Many who do not go to church or even consider themselves Christians live by these principles. 
They bring their children to be baptised to show they want them to be raised and to live by these Christian principles. Then comes the hardest fact to grasp that Jesus overcame death so that we can live in heaven after his life. Witnesses to this run into many hundreds, not just a few of Jesus's followers. We can only make up our minds on this based on our understanding and experience. It is the most important decision of our lives. Can we afford to get it wrong? I know it is hard because not all Christians believe the same things. I am often horrified at what some Christians believe. I recommend, remembering a time I didn't understand it all, that we make informed decisions based on research and careful thought. Please have a joyful time this Easter. And that's from the Reverend Barry Knott. Well, that is the end of this month's podcast. Typical, isn't it? I shouldn't have mentioned the sun when I started, as it's now absolutely pouring with rain out there. Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, just wanted to give you a bit of a preview for next month's podcast, which hopefully we should have out to you around the 1st of April. Uh, the Parish Council are working towards a wellbeing week later on in the year where they're going to try and highlight the activities uh, that are offer, on offer in Lynn and the surrounding areas and also try and identify what people would like in their village and the environment. So next month's podcast will include, if I can press the right button to make the technology work, an interview with Councillor Anne Bills, MBE, who is leading on this project and will also take the opportunity to get to know her a little. In addition, there will be a survey to complete in the newsletter and also online to assist the council with this project. But more on that next month and also in the newsletter and on the local notice boards in the village. As always, thanks very much for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Please send a message to greensheetpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a message on the following phone number, which is 01303 883 228. 01303 883 228. So until next time, have a great month and thanks for listening to the Green Sheet Podcast.